We begin this week's parsha is parsha Vayera, and it says in the Torah it says like this: Vayemar Hashem Moshe Bo Paro Hashem said to Moshe, Go to Paro. Vamarta Elov, you should say to him, Ko Amar Hashem Shalach Hasami Viavduni, Send my nation out, and they will serve me. Vim Moyenata, if you will refuse L'Shaleach to send them away. I will strike all of your borders with the frogs. The river will be swarmed with frogs, infested with frogs. And they will come out of the river and they will come, they'll come into your house. And they will come into the room where you sleep. They're going to come to your bedroom. And they will come on your bed. And they will come into your servant's home and all your whole nation. And they will jump in the ovens. This always reminds me of that movie. When, the they're on, when the oven is on. What? When the oven, when the is, oven on. is on, yes. Just, you ever see the gremlins? <laughs> In the 80s? That's no. A movie. Yeah. It reminds me of the gremlins. Mm. In the microwave. They're going to jump in the right. microwave. Okay. Osecha, and also in your troughs. In your what? Where you keep the food. Oh. Says the... Mosev Rashi quotes Rashi Nyechesko. Says where it's the places where you keep the food. So I guess in the pantry. And by you and the whole nation and all your servants, the frogs will come. So that's that's that. And of course, Moshe, of course, uh, Paro did not listen, right? He didn't listen, and the frogs came because he didn't listen. That's the plague of the frogs. All right. So the Gemara. In in uh, tractate Psachim, page fifty three B, says something interesting regarding this matter. The Gemara says, "Toshma od darish tidos ish roimi maro chananya mishova zaris simosu atzim the akidushas Hashem." There was these three men in the name of, in the time of three three tzaddikim, three righteous people in the time of Nebuchadnezzar, who said that they should bow down to an image that he had. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. So he threw them, he threw them into a fire. Mm-hmm. And they knew they were going to get thrown into the fire. They knew they were going to get, that there was going to be an attempt to ex- execute them. Why did they do that? Because they were sanctified gods, because they, why did they, why did they give themselves up by sanctification of God's name? Sanctification of God's name means that they would stand up from the principles of God, even in the force of the penalty of death. They would not compromise on their principles. Why did they do that? They threw themselves into into the furnace of fire. Why do they do that? Did they ask them to bow down to a statue? That's why? Well, we're going to discuss that. Oh. We're going to discuss that. But yes, seemingly, they were asked to bow down to a statue, which is of a desire, which is idol worship, and they refused. 
And because, because that, that refusal was akin to giving up one's life. Why do they do that? So the Gemara now says something strange. The Gemara invokes our Pasha. The Gemara invokes the frogs. The Gemara says, They made a logical deduction for themselves. Mitzvardeim from the frogs. Just like Tzvardeim, they don't have any commandments. And certainly they don't have the commandment of Kiddush Hashem, of the sanctification of God's name. And it says by them, And they what? They jumped into the oven, which was on the frogs. But they were cooking themselves. What? They were cooking themselves. When is food found inside the oven? When the oven is hot. Anu. So that's Hanani Mishov Azari. These three men, these three people said, We. We are commanded to sanctify God's name, as the Gemara says in Tractate Sanhedrin. That there's a mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, page 74. That there's a mitzvah of sanctifying God's name. We have the commandment of sanctifying God's name. As the Torah says, I shall be sanctified amongst the Jewish people. And that my name will not be my name will not be profaned. I'll be sanctified amongst the Jewish people. It says that, in, I think Parsha said, right? It says that, so the, so the Gemara says that it's a mitzvah. We have this mitzvah. The frogs don't have that mitzvah. So, Allah has come, come, certainly we should also jump into a furnace of fire. So that was their logical deduction. If the frogs can jump into an oven, we can jump. No, if the frogs can jump into the oven, we can jump into the furnace of fire. But the frogs don't know what they're doing. Oh. So the frogs don't don't know what they're doing because frogs, animals, don't have free will. I know. So I saw here that these, these quotes, they, of course, that's the obvious question. Um, all right, well, let's, let's leave that for the moment, for the minute, and let's see what Toso says regarding this, first of all. We have to do some... We have to do some um, How could you... <laughs> I take off my glasses. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. Uh, magnifier. Especially this, like, the light's not strong. Is it? No. He's faking. He actually has it memorized. So. Could you, could you see that? Yeah. He's faking reading. He actually has it memorized. You know, they said that. What? I always said, Bilal Nava. They said once when the Lubavitch Rebbe used to live in Paris, he had given like a whole discourse for like a couple hours on a Gemara. And then they went and saw that he, not only was it the wrong Gemara that he was holding, it was upside down. <laughs> he, had, he had done everything from like memory. My Rebbe used to That's do that. That's my point. My Rebbe used to do that. He knew, he knew the whole Talmud by heart, word for word. So he would speak and then he would realize that he wants to say a tractate in the Talmud. So he would start saying it. 
but then he would ask for the Gemara because he didn't want to seem like he's saying it by heart. <laughs> so so in, invariably the student couldn't find the Gemara on the shelf. So everybody was waiting. So he said, never mind, by the time you bring it, I'll just say it. And then he would just say the whole thing by heart, <laughs> word for word. Wow. That was pretty amazing. I wonder how many people on the planet. Chaim Kreisworth. Well, there, there was one guy supposedly in Montreal who could do it. Wow. I don't remember his name. Photogenic memory. Photographic. I have photogenic. I'm photogenic, but you could be photographic. <laughs> okay, so... so, so they say photogenic. <laughs> so here we have... Oops. Oh my gosh. Almost. Close. No, um, um, all right, so we... Yeah. I mean, they have... The problem here is, is that what is it exactly that they were bowing down to? That's the question. What happened? What were they bowing down to exactly? Are, are you talking about the three the, 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 the Talmud is, is a little bit strange. Now, that's before, before we have the answer. Now, the question is what? What did they see that they jumped into the, into the, into the furnace? The frogs. No, the Hanani Mishov Azaria. Let's forget the frogs for a minute. The three men. What did they see that they jumped into the furnace? One not the, to be idol worshippers. One of the capital offenses. What do you mean? For. Why not? Why not jump into it? Why not? Why not jump into the furnace? Why not? But in this Parsha, Pharaoh's claiming he's God. Maybe. Okay, so that's an answer. Maybe he's what? Good, so he's, no, wait, one second, it's not this part, wait, 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 we got, Nebuchadnezzar says that they have to bow down to an uh, idol, okay. oh. which means they have to worship the idol, they have to serve the idol, they have to serve a different religion, they have to serve something else, so, 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 so what do they do? They said, no, if you're going to make us serve the idol, kill us first, mm -hmm. throw us into the furnace. But they were saved. So the question is, what do you mean? So the Gemara says, why did they do that? So the, the Gemara is a little bit strange because why shouldn't they do that? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Isn't that what you're supposed to do when you have to say, kill me first, I'm not going to go serve another God because this is my God, as Herman Wu could say. This is my God. I'm not going to serve another God. So, uh, and and like, like Dora just said, it's, that's one of the three cardinal sins that you're supposed to give your life up for. Really, Hashem wants you to die for him. What? Hashem. No, Hashem doesn't want you to die for him, but he also doesn't want you to die for yourself. Because what kind of person are you if you do that? Okay, because I know to write Chaim here. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, let's say somebody, let's say somebody asks you to murder somebody. But that's a different story. No, but I'm giving an analogy. I'm giving an analogy. Somebody asks you to murder somebody. Do you want to be a type of person that murders people? No. That's what Golda Meir said. Right? We quote her all the time. So, uh, what? We can forgive the Arabs for making, uh, for, for, for making, for, for killing our children, but we can't forgive the Arabs for making our children killers. Do you want to really become a killer? Do you? Or do you want to be a person who's going to serve another God? Or, or be, or, or be a, a herlock? But yeah. a lot of Jews did that in Spain, right? They were forced. Not have a principle? They were forced to convert. They were forced. They were forced. But did they really want to be a person like that? No. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be a person. So, so what is the Gemara saying? What do you mean they saw? What do they see? They should have done it. What's wrong with what they did? What is the Gemara's question even? Yeah, Are you supposed sense. to convert, Rabbi, if you're forced to at gunpoint or something? 
So yeah, you know, you're not supposed to convert. You're supposed to say, kill me first. So a lot of the Jews in Spain did the wrong thing. Let's forget about oh, the no, Jews, but I don't want to go judge. I don't want to go judge the people in Spain. I don't, I don't want to be in their shoes. I don't want to judge anybody. They faked it. They faked I don't want to judge anybody. Just want to know the halacha. That's all. The halacha is you're supposed to but say. The make there's sense. a positive there's commandment. Sense. You're supposed to say, "Kill me first. I'm not gonna do that. Right, right. Mm-hmm. They must have faked it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna convert to another religion. I'm not converting to another religion. That's not true. No one. I don't want to serve. Uh, I, I'm not gonna sacrifice my my principles. That you're supposed to say that. Mark's relative. You're supposed to say that. I'm not going to sacrifice my principles. Hmm. Right? So what is the Gemara asking? What do you mean? What, what they, why, why do they do it? Of course they did it. Why shouldn't they do it? So Rashi says, Rashi says, the Torah says, in you should live by the mitzvahs. When you do a mitzvah, when you do a commandment, you should live by it. Live by the commandments. Mm-hmm. So the Gemara says in Tractate Yuma, like we said in, in uh, 85b, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. you should live by the mitzvahs and not die by the mitzvahs. So maybe they thought, so the Gemara is bothered by that, why should they have to die? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to live by the mitzvah, by the commandments, not die by the commandments. God doesn't want us to die like Dora said. God doesn't really want anybody to die. He wants everybody to live. Does he say that? So that, that the Gemara is asking, one second, the Gemara is asking, why not? So the Gemara is saying, why did, why, why did they want to die? They shouldn't have to die. God wants them to live. Mm-hmm. Tosa says that doesn't make any sense because even if you're going to claim that it's not idol worship, uh, I'm adding a little bit, but Tosa says even if you claim that it's not idol worship, so what? If it's a matter of religion, even if it's not out of worship, if it's a matter of religion, if it's done in public, which this was, they were challenged in public, then they're supposed to say, we're going to give up our life. Because public, a public religious uh, challenge, a person's not supposed to give up their principle. So that's, that's Tosa says, Raja doesn't make any sense. Of course, the Hashem does not want a person to live because that's not living when you give up your principles because what do we live for? Our lives are short. What, what, what gives us real life is, is principle and, and, and purpose. That's the title of our class. Purpose is what gives us life. The purpose, what's meaning in life is life. If we have no meaning in our lives, then what's the point of living? That's not living. So therefore, so therefore Tosa says that they should have, of course they should have given up their lives. Mom? Where, where in the Torah it says that you should die for Hashem for the three capital of... That's the Gemara, page 74. The Gemara, page 74 in Sanhedrin. explains it. Yeah, the Gemara proves it from the, from the, from the, from the, from the Torah. Okay. But it's not for us right now. Fine, so, so but the Rabbeinu Tam here says like this, and this is what the question to deal with. Deal with. This image that we're talking about here was not an actual idol. Ella indarta atzmo. It was some kind of emblem that was for himself. It wasn't an idol, but it was some kind of image for himself to, to honor himself. And therefore the Gemara is asking, what do they see? 
I don't know how Tosus is answering their qu- the question. It's still a public matter of, well, I guess it's not a public matter of religion anymore. It's a public matter of honoring Nebuchadnezzar. Because Nebuchadnezzar made an image for himself. Let's say, I don't know, whatever image you make, uh, uh, a fist, you know, whatever image he made for himself. The to question was. What? To represent him. To represent him, and that's what they refused to bow down to. So it wasn't a matter of religion even. So that's why the Gemara is asking, well, if it wasn't a matter of religion, why are they killing themselves? And the Gemara answers, because of the frogs. Hmm. Why with the frogs? They jumped into the oven, like the furnace. The, real, the people jumped to the furnace. They took it, like, supposedly from the frogs. And maybe we'll get back to the toasts afterwards. But uh, does, so this is the way it works. So this, so let's just review. Let's just review the entire. Let's review the entire uh, statement of the Gemara according to everything that we said. The Gemara says the Chanaim and Shavazari were asked to bow down to an image that was representative of Nebuchadnezzar, which wasn't an idol, but it was a king. It was representative of the king, meaning that they should show their subjugation to to the king, like a cross, to the to the emperor. And they said, no. He said, no, I'll kill you. So they said, kill us. So the Gemara wants to know, why? What do you kill? So you bow down to the king. So what? Why should you die? So then the Gemara answers, the reason why they wanted to die is because they made a logical deduction from the frogs. The same way that the frogs jumped into the ovens by Paro and this big Sparsha. So too, they said, we're going to jump into the oven also. Now we have the Doris question. Now we have Doris question. Number one is, the frogs didn't jump in. They didn't choose. They don't have free choice. Frogs are, are pretty simple animals uh, when, it, when it comes to intellect, at least. You know, they just, they, they, what do they make that noise? What, uh, what is the noise well, that the frog makes? God caused Ribbit. them. Ribbit. God, Ribbit. God caused them to jump in. So the question is, what, what was the reason behind that? That's what, that's what getting to the root of the Well, problem. yeah, we're getting to the root of it. That's what we're trying to do. So, the, the, I found there is in the Lekach Tov, he quotes the Das Torah, of, uh, and, 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 and he asks, he said, he asks this question, Yeshlitmaya, we have a question about Araya on this proof, Matz Vardayim from the frogs. They are just like, they're just plain, simple creatures. They don't have any, they don't have any will, mm-hmm. desire, or, or, or free will. They do whatever they're commanded to do, like as if they don't have a choice anyway. They can't refuse. Now, I don't like the language that he's saying that they're being forced. They're not even being forced. It's like a computer. My Rebbe, Rebbe, Yaakov, my Rebbe, Rebbe Yaakov Weinberg used to say a tree is nothing more than a computer. It's, it's a robot. What is it? It's a robot. The same way you go, you make a computer program, you, compu- you program the robot to go and, uh, and do something, so it does it. That's what nature is. So, that, so a frog, that's what a frog is. A frog is a, is a computer. It's a robot. It's nature. It gets programmed. So it came out of the river and it jumped into the oven, finished. But Hanayim Yishov Azari are complicated, complex humans. You know, they took the, 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 the Homo sapiens species, according to the scientists, three billion years to, 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 to develop at least. Well, according to the calendar of the Torah, at least 5,000 5, years developmental, develop uh, with, with an intellect and, 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 and a, a, a self-awareness, free choice, individuality. What are they, how do they, what, what's the comparison to the frog? 
What is a comparison to the frog? The answer is very simple. I mean, the way that he says it is, I'm not sure about the language exactly how he says it. I don't want to disagree with him, but maybe we present a different, a different, um, a different view, or the same view maybe from a different perspective. Uh, so I'm not quoting him. The Hassam Sofer, Rabbi Moshe Sofer, used to say, "You could say whatever you want, just don't say it in my name." You could say it. In, you could say whatever I said, but just don't say it in my name. So I'm going to say it in the name of the. Yeah. I'm going to say he what the said das, it in his name. I'm, I'm going to say what the Das Torah says, but I'm just not going to say it in his name. The way it's quoted here in the in the in the Lekach Tov. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the first line. The first line is is the, that he says. Uh, he says like this. Um, Anybody want water? No, thank you. Is she'ela zu oimer hamashgiach zatzal novat mehistaklut lo nechona al abria? He says this question arises because we don't have the right paradigm of creation. All right, it's a negative thing to say, but. Sometimes you have to switch the paradigm and you could see something without even having to answer the question. You know, if you look at it from a different way. Like sometimes you have a person who's a, just to give an example, sometimes you have a person who's a pursuer and then you have a victim. So you have a pursuer and you have a victim. If the victim looks himself as a victim from the pursuer, then he's a victim. But he could switch the paradigm. He can make himself, what would you say about the positive? uh, Positivity bias. Positivity bias. You could say, I'm not the victim here, I'm the pursuer. <laughs> then you, you look at it from, then you have a different paradigm. So if you, look at, at, if you look at the world from one perspective, but then you, then you have this question. But if you look at the world from a different perspective, you don't have this question. So how do we see the world? This he doesn't expound, but let's expound. Let's at least theorize. How do we see the world that makes us ask this question? The way that we see the world as this question is we look at we look at the frogs, the sun, the moon, the stars, the sky. We look at it as is that it's 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 just a bunch of different disparate things that happen to find themselves in the universe. You know, it doesn't have to be a frog around. You can just have butterflies and forget about the frogs. Or you don't have to have butterflies. You could just have frogs. Or Saturn doesn't have to have how many moons it doesn't have. It doesn't have to have all the moons. It can have a little less moons. Maybe some planets don't need to have moons at all. Well, planet, planet Earth needs a moon? For what? It's just a bunch of haphazard things so that are put together. What? <laughs> does, it, does, does the continent of Africa really have to exist? I'm saying <laughs> not really. It doesn't have to exist. If it didn't exist, would we know the difference? I'm saying if I didn't go travel to Australia, I would never know that it's there. And I wouldn't even know how it contributes to my life at all. Australia. It's like, it's like over there, fine. I mean, in my life, I mean, as far as I'm cognizant, as, as, as far as my self-awareness is concerned, I don't, I don't know what, what purpose it serves in my life. I'm sure it does, because we, I'm sure it does, but I just don't know what it is, right? So these things don't have to be there. We just, we just, there's a hodgepodge collection in the universe. There's planetary systems, there's stars, there's, you know, clouds and different types of animals and different topography in the world and everything else and rivers and, and oceans and all stuff. And it's all, and it's all... Uh, by accident. By accident. That's what it is. It's there. Maybe it was always there. Some philosophers want to say it was always there. 
right? So the, if we look at the world like that, then we say, then we say, then we say, a frog. Okay, so it jumped into an oven, or it jumped into Paro's bed. Makes for a nice comedy. Probably didn't like it. Probably jumped out of the bed. He came probably screaming from the frogs. Probably went ran out of his house. No, the frogs were screaming from Paro. I don't think. Oh, the frogs were screaming also. What? I don't think the frogs are simple. That's. But I'm just saying that that's that if we have such a perspective, then we uh, then we. Uh, what? This is a midrash. Paro. Here it says in, in chapter eight. Posig Dalit, Vaikra Paro Lemoshal Aaron, Paro, after these frogs came. What happened? Right away, Moshe and Aaron were called into the palace. Go David, go pray to God. Remove, get rid of these frogs. Whatever you want to do, you want to go. Go serve, go, go bring, bring your sacrifices, go serve, whatever you want to do, get rid of the frogs. Was this the fourth plague? The second. The second. Wasn't it? I don't know. Rabbi, you said, you taught Dad us, I think, there. I think you, you, taught, you taught us last year that, that, that like the fourth, the seventh, and the tenth were like, there's like every third one was a, was a big, Right, um, that was the, yeah, something. we discussed that in the Malbim, hopefully that will come up in the, yeah, uh, you said that. Hopefully that will come up the, in was the, was this one of those that happened or one in between those? Oh, I, I don't know. Let's not get it. Let's not get it. Let's just focus on, on it. It, it. No, we just said that it shows all the different types of the way that God can 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 interact and rule the world. But okay, for that's that for now. So, so but Rabbi, I just want to clarify. So the Pharaoh, they want to get rid of the frogs, but the other two seem to be learning from something from the frog. That's what it sounds like so far. I just want to make sure. Who's learning from the frog? The two guys. Oh, three guys. Right. Right. So, so, so if we, right. So if we look at the world like that, that it's haphazard and happenstance and all these things, you know, the frog didn't have to be around. So we have a question. I mean, frogs don't make any decisions. They're just, they're, they're just, they're just there. They don't make any decisions. Oh, but if we change our paradigm of the world and we look at it as an interconnected system, that everything functions because of everything else, like an ecosystem, like 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 an ecosystem, right? Just that that the uh, I don't know. Uh, you, uh, what do I know about uh, about uh, science and, and animals? I mean, you need you need the, the the bees to move the pollen, and you need the pollen to spread. You, you need uh, right. You need it to spread, and all. You, you need you need you need you need to have deer so that the so that the so that the uh, lions so that the lions can eat them. Uh, otherwise they'd starve to death and you you need you does it like the, the whole if you look at the universe as the whole thing is being interconnected and everything needing everything else like what would happen if all the bees would for example disappear from from from, from, from it, would be, it would be more than that i don't know if there'd no. be more than just more more than just missing honey mm-hmm. maybe all the trees would die yeah. who knows maybe all the all the vegetation would die it's 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 it, you don't you don't you don't know what's going to happen if there is, if there is, a, if the equilibrium is 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 tampered with, and how everything and how things interact with each other, just like in the body, you you have in the body, you're like, you're like, you're like the the body is is a is um ecosystem is an ecosystem itself. The lungs, the heart. I mean, you can't just remove the lungs and expect <laughs> that the rest of the body. You can't remove the heart. You expect 
but they're separate things, but also they're interrelated. They, the whole body needs to, needs to function. It's like you sit in a truck and you, 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 you sit in a truck and you see a screw, you don't know why it's there. So you say, well, if I remove the screw, who knows, you know, probably nothing will happen, right? But probably the screw is there for a reason. Who knows? Maybe the whole, maybe the whole truck will fall apart if you remove the screw. So if you look at it like that, then you don't have a question. Now your question is, why are the frogs jumping in the oven for? It was not on. The, what do you mean? The Gemara says it was on. We've oh, just read the Gemara. The Gemara says that they were on. It was on. What? I didn't hear that. The Gemara says that it was on. The Gemara says it was on. So now, now you ask the question, why did the frogs jump into the oven for? You're not asking the question of that, well, it's just, an, in a, it's just a robotic object. It's just a robotic creature that doesn't make any choices and it's just put there and so it just jumps around and, 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 and does its thing. No, a frog doesn't move from place to place or does anything unless it's programmed to move into that particular, but why is it jumping in the oven then? Now you have the question, why is it jumping in the oven? Because, because Hashem says, because the oven, yeah, because the oven is the oven's oven. I once asked somebody, why are you moving to that city? They said, because I can. All right. <laughs> they had no reason to move to the city, but it's because they can. They were following Rabbi Silver. Does anyone want coffee or anything? I know it's a little late, but I want to make sure no one wants coffee. Thank no, thanks. So if you, look at, if you look at it from that perspective, you look from the perspective that, that it's, why are the frogs jumping in the oven for? It's because Moshe comes to Paro when he says to him, you're going to have, the frogs are going to be coming out of your ears. They're going to be coming out of your mouth. They're going to be in the, they're going to be in your couch. They're going to be in your bed. They're going to be in your room. They're going to be in your refrigerator. They're going to be all over. You're going to be screaming for them to get, go away. The frogs, you won't be able to hear yourself think. The noise. The noise from the frogs, they're going to be jumping all over the place, all over you everywhere. You ever see that movie, The Birds, by Alfred Hitchcock? Oh, oh yeah. The frogs are going to be everywhere. It's going to be everything. And what? And now, so Paro is going to say to himself, but they didn't go in the oven. They weren't everywhere. They didn't go into the microwave. They weren't everywhere. So what happens? Now God's name is diminished a little bit. Because now it's not, because it's not happening the way he said. He can't make them go into the oven. Because the frogs don't go into an oven. Why? Because it's hot. It's a natural, it's a, it's a natural, instinct it's, a, it's a natural instinct of the frog and through the evolutionary process to, to save its own self in order to propagate itself in the future. It won't jump into an oven no matter what you tell it to do, no matter how you program it. No, the frog will jump into the oven because there is no evolutionary process that hasn't been directed by Hashem, by God, that says that that can't be overridden. Like you override a computer program. Well, this, well, this, you can't o override the instinct of a frog. It's going to go in the oven. But this wasn't, this wasn't natural for them to do that, right? It wasn't natural, but he told Paro, they're going to be in there. They're going to jump into the oven. So he's showing them that they're above nature. What? There, he's, Moses and Aaron are showing Paro, just like the snakes gobbled up their snakes, not long after that, these, these frogs are doing these things, they're showing that, that they're above nature. Right. Ultimately, Paro and his gods can't do anything about it. 
Exactly. And what ultimately are they doing is, what they're doing ultimately is, is that they are doing the will of God. That's what they're ultimately doing. They're doing the will of God. Now, even though they're not choosing to do the will of God, but that's the sanctification of God's name, not the choice. It is that God can, it's that the whole creation functions, the whole creation functions in accordance to the will of God. As we God wanted there should be frogs in the universe. They're frogs. God didn't want there should be frogs in the universe. There are no frogs. God wants the frogs to jump, they'll jump. God doesn't want them to jump, they won't jump. He wants them to go into oven, they go into an oven. The sanctification of God's name is, and maybe we are getting to this, David, is that, is that God is showing Paro that he's in control of creation and that the frogs will do what they're programmed to do. They're not, it's not a disparate entity or, 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 or a creature that exists and, and acts independently in terms of the fact that it follows its instinct and it can't be overridden in any way. So Hananya Mishra, one second. So Hananya Mishra Azariah, they themselves said, what's the will of God here? The will of God is, is that we don't subjugate ourselves to any graven image. We don't worship another man. According to the way at least we learn in Tosos. Right? We don't worship another man. So, we, so what are we going to do? Mordechai did the same thing in the Purim story. The, the Tosas discusses that too. The, 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 we're not going to subjugate us. Why? Because we're only subject, we're subjects of God. We're not subjects of anything else. They learn from the frogs that God, the frogs' very existence in the moment of their jumping into the oven was a sanctification of God's name. Therefore, they chose that God's name should be sanctified because that's the will of God. There's no, they don't need a free choice here. It's, is that the creation should be subject to the will of God in this situation. And in this situation, you got to jump into that oven. You got to say to the Ruchanetzar that you are not in control. You don't rule this place. This is not yours. We don't answer to you. It's like the Hebrew National Commercial. Well, that's supposed to we be answer to we, a higher authority. That's supposed to be what, the whole purpose of being Jewish is. To, to show the world. And that. that's the Kabo that they made, the Hanani Mishova Azaria. Well, what do you want to say? I just wanted to say that you said the frogs are programmed, correct? They are. Well, but. they are programmed to save themselves and not go to the oven, which is so hot. So, what God did is undoing the program. Right, that's what we're saying. But, but, but we're saying this. Yeah, but they didn't have. They, he forced them. God forced them, but God did not force the three to jump into the furnace. Well, we have free will. Yeah, so that's what we explained. We explained what we explained was is that it's not it's not it's not a question of force. It's a question of it's a question of is that is that the will of God? It's it it's, overrules everything. It's, no, it's the will of God. The will of God is what. Uh, um, the will of God is what propagates, not propagates. The will of God is what determines. is is what yeah. The will of God is what determines how the universe um, looks like and the, how it functions. Part part of that functionality is is that the, the, the so so the the frogs by by going into the oven, which is against their instinct, are an example an example of the will of God being done. And the reason why it's an example is because it's going against nature. In other words, if you see the sunrise, 
You don't say it's the will of God, you say that's nature. But when you see something that's counter to nature, which is a frog jumping into an oven, then you see the will of God there more, even though in both places it's the same. The will of God is being done. But the, will of, the, but the example is much more, uh, is much more uh, uh, demonstrative of God's rule in a situation where, uh, where, where an animal goes against its nature. So, so in, in that aspect, in that aspect, Hanani, Mishov, Azaria are not saying that it's a question of free choice. It's, 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 that, it's that the will of God is, is that his principle will endure. His princi- the, the, the challenge to his principle will not be successful. And so the, in order for the challenge of the principle not to be successful, Hanani and Shogazani have to find themselves inside a furnace. But they were saved, correct? But yeah, but, that, but that's irrelevant. It doesn't matter if they were saved. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If they were saved, they were not saved. What matters is, is that they, what they did, what they were supposed to do. Hmm. Rabbi, so I guess the way I'm understanding it, the frogs actually live with purpose. We're talking thousands of years later about the frogs. Specific lives. So they did. They acted with purpose. With their lives, their lives were lived with purpose. The frog. It sounds to me that they learned from that. The three men learned from that and said they wanted to live a life of purpose too. Their life has meaning. We're talking about them thousands of years later that they, for principle, were willing to give up their lives in the way that the frogs did it. So it sounds like the, the idea behind is you know a, a life of purpose is not a, a, necessarily a long life, right? It's, it means that you live the life of purpose. I would wonder in this country, like, like uh, my uh, stepfather-in-law, I think was 14, and they were trying to get in the military to fight mm-hmm. in the war. Mm-hmm. They live with, per- like, a 14-year-old, you know, and today, mm-hmm. everyone, no one wants to die for anything. There's no, like, no one, yes. there's no reason to give up your life. It just, there's something about that. So, sounds, anyway, it sounds to me like they, they learned that lesson from them of living a life of purpose. The frogs, like... You said they didn't have free will, but they didn't all jump in the oven, right? Some they all jumped in the oven, sure. No, you said they jumped in the beds and everything. Right. right. No, okay. Don't. So let, let's, say, let, let's say this like this, is, is, that, is that the frogs don't have free will. They don't. They're frogs. So they cannot have They're the frogs. But you can learn from it. And if that they, gives they, you oh, wait, purpose, let's, just establish, let's just establish that purpose. They, <laughs> they, the frogs, don't have free will. They're frogs. They can't decide they're gonna. What do they call those things on the river that they jump onto? Lily. Yeah. They're not gonna. They're not gonna go on this lily pad as a boat. I'm gonna go. Yesterday I went into this lily pad. Today I'm gonna go to the other lily pad. Or I'm sick of this lily pad. I'm gonna go. I'm, or at least I'm sick of this side of the river. I'm gonna go to the other side of the river. I'm gonna jump on the other lily pad. They're not gonna. They're not gonna do that. They're gonna jump on the lily pad. If it's a good lily pad, they're gonna jump. Why? Because the instinct says. That a frog sits for some reason on a lily pad and and makes the the, the noise the noise the ribbit, the ribbit. that's Maybe. what the frog does. Maybe. They don't have free choice. People have free choice. Now, so the frog, everything everything has a purpose. Like for example, let's say you you let's say you send let's say you send an email to 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 a colleague of yours. You send an email, right? Let's say the email has a purpose. What's the purpose? To get from you to its destination. The email has a purpose. You sent it. The fact that you programmed the email to go to a specific destination, now it has a purpose to get to the specific destination from your computer, from your phone. Right? The email doesn't have free choice, but the, the, 
existence of the email is an existence of purpose. Why? The, what's the purpose? To get from, 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 from uh, point A to get to point B. It's like I heard, I heard the, the podcast from Jordan Peterson. He said, why did the chicken cross the road? You know, the, why, the chicken crossed the road. The joke, right? Why did the chicken cross the road? The answer is the chicken crossed the road because, because it decided that, that, that it, its life will have more utility in, on the other side of the road than it has on this side of the road. Therefore, therefore the chicken has decided... That, that the reason why the chicken crossed the, get, crossed the road is to get to the other side. But the reason why the chicken wanted to get to the other side is because the chicken decided that it's more worth living on the other side than on this side. Right? And therefore, as soon as the chicken made that decision, now the chicken has purpose. <laughs> Doesn't mean it has free will. It, just, it, it means that when something is doing what, it's, what, it, what, it, what it is, um, what it is, what, what it, it has set out to do, whether by choice or by not choice, it automatically has purpose. The human being is unique in that we can decide to go to the other side of the road. Wait, we, wait no. The human, after the human being thinks about it, ponders, what's the utility of this side of the road as opposed to the other side of the road, and decides that the other side of the road has much more um, uh, purpose than this side of the road, the human being is unique in that it can decide not to go to the other side of the road anyway. Even though it has determined in its mind that the other side is much better. We can decide to live a life of not no purpose. Our purpose could be to, to extinguish and destroy all our purpose. That's the human being, Right? So, but, but, so, so therefore, the, the, the frog lives a life of purpose, not because it has free choice. Free choice is immaterial to its purpose. Free choice, the purpose for the frog means that its existence has been, has been set, programmed and it's, and it's now acting out the program in which it's been programmed. That means that it's living purpose. Not that it chose to do the purpose, but it has its purpose and it's doing it. The sun has a purpose. The sun's purpose is to shine on the, on the, to, to, to give warmth and, and, and to, to, to make uh, planet Earth livable. Doesn't mean it has free choice. But the human being can do the same thing as the sun. The difference between the human being and the sun is that the human being chooses. The uniqueness of the human being is that he chooses. She chooses to live a life of purpose. She chooses to go to the other side of the road. So that's what Hanani Mishav Azari was saying. If the fro- they said they could have looked, they didn't have to look at the frog. They looked at the frog. The, the, if the frog lives a life of purpose. And the frog was living the life of purpose before it jumped into the oven. While it was sitting on the lily pad, it was also living a life of purpose. But when, when, you, when you jump into the oven you know, and you're supposed to be on the lily pad, that's more, that's more of an announcement of the fact that you're programmed and enacting the purpose that you were programmed for. So the, the Hanayim Shov Azari said, we also have to do that. And what's our purpose in this situation here, right here and now? It is not to say, okay, Nebuchadnezzar, sure, we'll bow down to you in your little graven image. It's not their purpose. They're men of stature. They're men of, 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 of character, representative of, of an entire religion. And everybody's looking up to them. And then the, what are they going to do? They're going to be like Shabzai Tzvi, convert to, to, convert to uh, Islam. Islam in front of everybody. 
Well, like that. <laughs> no, they're gonna. They have to say. They have no choice. They have to say. We're, no, we're not gonna bow down to no. We're not bowing down to you. It's Mordechai. Mordechai has to do that. Mordechai has to say to to to, to Haman, no. I'm not. I'm not bowing down to you. I'm gonna stand here. Sometimes you just find yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm sure Mordechai was thinking to himself, "I wish I was in the bathroom right now. <laughs> I could be. I could have been." It was I, risky. I should have. I should. I was thinking about using that 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 uh, porta party right outside the crowd over there or the gathering. And and a man, why didn't I go there? Now I got it. And what am I gonna do? Everybody's bowing down, but I'm the rabbi. I got. I'm the rabbi here. I can't not bow down. I can't bow down to this. Now, what am I going to do? Now, I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta stand up and say, no, Haman. No, I'm not bowing down to you. So, that takes the guts. <laughs> you have no choice. You have to be, sometimes you, you, you're put into the shoes and, you, you know, you can't run away. Rabbi, it, it's, but there's a distinction between bowing down to something as a god, as opposed, or as a godlike or an idol, as opposed to bowing down to a person as showing that you're subject to their... Community. Right, so that's why we're being careful and saying, that's why we're being careful and saying that, that if it was an idol, then this would, like we, like we explained at the beginning at length, if it was an idol, then this would not even be a discussion at all. And, and the, therefore, it's only the sanctification of God's name and the way that we're interpreting it is that you're not going to bow down to a graven image of a person who, who wants to be the ruler and be godly like himself. And so, we're, and so there is a mitzvah in that in sanctifying God's name and that's what Hanani Mishav Azari were doing. And we're broadening that to say that that, uh, that, that, we, that, that the lesson that we're learning from this is, the lesson that we're learning from the frogs is, is that, is that, is that we got to do what we got to do. And sometimes it may not be pleasant. And sometimes it may not be the thing that we want to do. But we just find ourselves in that situation. And, and, uh, and, and we're thinking, what's, what, what is the will of God here? And whatever the will of God is here, we, you know, we, we should choose that way. As if, as if we didn't have, a, as if we didn't even have a choice. That's the proper way. That's the proper way to, the proper way to act, and that's the proper way to sanctify God's name. Because then God's name is more apparent in the universe whenever we act that way. So the principle first. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Right. Um, Yaakov, he bowed down seven times to Esav, even though Hashem did tell him. Don't be afraid. Yeah. What is, like, how do you, like, what would you yeah, bow down the, to a human being? Uh, you're allowed to bow down to a human being. You, we're you talking, are? yeah, we're talking, he made an image here. My Rebbe, Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg, used to say, if you ask a human being, can you please make me some coffee? And the, now, you're now you're praying to the human being. You're allowed to pray to a human being? What? If you say, if you what is prayer? prayer? What's prayer? You get up to God and you say, give me health. That's what prayer is, right? You get up over there, you and you say, give me, give me health. Give me children. Give me a life of happiness. You come to a human being, you say, give me coffee. What's the difference? It's the exact same thing. There's no oh, difference. Oh, come on. Coffee is not life. Okay, you don't have to ask him for coffee. You can ask him for ice cream. Oh, 
<laughs> What's the difference? It's the exact same thing. You're asking for something you don't have. And, 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 then, and, and you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to do that. Because why? He, because he can provide it for you. He has free choice. Here we're talking that there was an image. The image you're bowing down to an image of a human. That already seems like a problem. Okay, I think we have to conclude here because we are over time. Just, just last question. Yeah. How come some places where I go for Shabbat dinner, they don't sing Baruchuni Shalom like the angels cannot have the ability to bless? Well, I know they do because Hashem. Well, we, that's a big, a different class. We got That's a different class. We have a. That's a different class. We have a discussion. Discussion whether angels have free choice or not. Okay.